everybody, and welcome to another episode of My JavaScript Story. This week, we're talking to Florian Rival. Uh, do you want to just introduce yourself real quick, let people know who you are, why you're famous, all that stuff? Yeah, yeah, sure. So um, uh, my name is Florian. I'm uh, currently working as a software engineer at uh, Google, where I'm uh, working in, in a team called Android Games. And uh, before that, I used to do uh, uh, like web development at Facebook uh, uh -huh. for internal applications. Uh, and even before that, working in a much smaller company doing uh, applications for iOS and Android using uh, React and React Native. Um, and on my on my spare time, I like to to do my own game engine. It's uh, it's called GDevelop, and it's uh, written in uh, in uh, in JavaScript actually, the whole game engine. Uh, and um, the editor is also made in JavaScript using React and uh, some bits of uh, WebAssembly. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's me. If you're a front-end developer looking for remote work, then I recommend G2I a React and React Native focused hiring platform that will connect you directly with their clients that need your skill set. What makes G2i a unique hiring experience is that they spend the time marketing you to their clients of your choice. G2i is a team of engineers that technically vets you up front. If you pass their vetting, their clients have agreed to skip their initial interview process, saving you time and energy getting your next gig. They take care of all the hard work for you so you can get focused on development. To join G2i, go to g2i.co and apply. Super cool. Yeah, I think we talked about some of that. We had you on React Native Radio and on React Roundup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a while ago, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and get the links into the chat so they'll wind up in the show notes. But uh, yeah, in the meantime, um, we, so it, in this show, what we do is we talk about your coding journey, like what you've done, what you're doing, how you got into code, how you got into React, mm -hmm. React Native. Um, I'd like to get a little bit of the story behind uh, your game engine, but let's let's go way, way, way back. At least it's way, way, way back for me. How did you get into programming? Um, well, I guess that my first my first thing that looked and that looked like a bit like programming was uh, doing like um, going on Excel and mm -hmm. trying stuff with formulas. Um, turns out that it's actually functional programming. Um, because uh, because Excel is Turing complete, uh, but without going there, I was just like trying some stuff with the, the if formula in Excel and even doing some kind of small games because I wanted to see hey how how can I automate things, um, and then um, and then yeah I, I I always had the curiosity sorry of when seeing an application I was wondering how this thing is done I would like to do the same, so then I started to look at things like the, the batch files uh, in DOS, uh, like, uh, so not bash, but batch on, on, on Windows, well, on MS-DOS at this time. Um, and yeah, the fun thing is that my father gave me one of his whole computer, an AT86 running MS-DOS 4.01, something like this, uh, for something at, at this time. Um, and with this, there was uh, the, the, the computer manual and also the manual for GW Basic, which was a basic language uh, for, for those. And started to read a bit about this, uh, got interested, trying to, yeah, to, make, to make apps more and more. Um, that's, that's my early years in, in programming. Nice. So how did you get into um, web and mobile development then? Well, I'm... 
it's from from the basic stuff I was talking about since, until the web. There was quite a long path because I went from this basic language to another basic flavor, uh, and then I remember I've been using a few um, a few game engines that were targeted at people that weren't coders, um, and that's maybe what inspired me to do the, the same later. We can talk to this later, um, and then um, I've. Before the web, I started by uh, trying to learn like the more famous programming language, which is C, and then C++. Mm -hmm. It was a long path. Uh, like I mean, um, I think that I've I got a book about C, uh, C++. Uh, I read it. I think that at some point I was um, so I was in high school or something, maybe early college, and uh, I was understanding the the language, but I was not able to do anything that is showing anything on screen, you know, something interesting apart from a basic calculator, maybe. Um, and then, um, then at this point, I think that I've read on the web a, a tutorial. Uh, it was in French. Um, I think that the website is still existing. It's called Open Classroom now. And um, basically, there, there was a, a tutorial about C++, but showing you how to create a small game with uh, SDL. Um, and that's really what changed my approach, my approach to the language. I went from knowing the language, but not knowing how to do things, how to architecture something, to actually making a, a real application. Right. Uh, and then the web, uh, the web uh, that's, that's uh, appeared a bit, a bit later for me. Gotcha. So yeah, so you're yeah. building these applications, you're, you're learning all this stuff. I mean, it, it's interesting. At, at what point in your life was this? Was this, you know, as, as an early teenager? Was it, you know, were you in college? Um, it was, yeah, yeah, high school, I think, uh, I was just experimenting with different languages when I was, uh, like, um, in primary school and, uh, all this Excel stuff and ba basic stuff. And then for trying C, C++ and tons of languages, actually, um, I think I had tried everything because I wanted to get some results on screen and it's not something right. that you're getting easily with C. <laughs> um, yeah, that was as a teenager. Yeah, I did uh, C and C++ in college because they made me, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, again, I just remember that uh, it was a, it was a, almost a dream for me when I was a teenager to say, hey, maybe one day I will know how to program in C++ and I will be very proud of myself. Um, so now I'm kind of proud of myself. That's one good thing that I've done. <laughs> nice. So at what point did you run across the web? I guess that's the next question, right? Because we're talking JavaScript and yeah, uh, React yeah, sure. and things like that. So yeah, so how did you wind up doing JavaScript or web development? Um, so I, I've looked for a long time at the web from, from quite a far point of view. And uh, I think that it's, when I was first searching for an internship, when I was doing my engineering, uh, my engineering studies, um, so um, at this point, yeah, I, I went for a company that was doing web development because I wanted to, to know what it, it was like. Um, so I've done a bit of backend development, um, was PHP, uh, if I remember properly and, uh, started to look at a bit of JavaScript. Uh, I've been using it before for a few scripts and just testing stuff, uh, uh -huh. showing things on screen like alert, and, and that's it. Um, 
And, um, and at some point, I've seen that games on the web could be, could be something at one day because there, there was WebGL that was appearing. Uh, that was, people started to talk about WebGL. Uh, at first, I was not convinced. Like, I was, why, why making again OpenGL, but on the web? That's, uh, we already have native application. We can just make games and then download them. But still, I was interested. And so the, the, the result for me to, to start looking at web development was um, I was having this game engine that since then I've been starting in C++, outputting games uh, in, in native code. And I wanted to do the same for the web and have this, this small 2D games being running on the, on a web browser. Uh, so that's when I, I started. So I started to look at JavaScript, what you could do, what were rendering engine for, for 2D games. Uh, I found this very nice library called pixie.js, uh, which is really awesome if you have to make a game in 2D, um, even, even a bit 3D. Um, and um, and uh, yeah, at the same time, I continued to work on web stuff uh, on this internship. And then um, I, uh, I came across like making mobile application using Cordova. Um, uh -huh. So JavaScript, right? right. And, uh, and made the first few applications using Angular, Angular 1 this time. Um, and that's maybe the first time I was like, okay, using Angular 1, we are able to make real applications on the web, not just web page that are animated with a bit of JavaScript and it's fun and you can send forms. Uh, we can now do real applications that have a state and, and stuff. Um, and then maybe, maybe one year after, uh, I came across React um, and it was a love at first sight uh, because I understood that the, the component model that was kind of um, new at this time was really a better approach to make an application scalable and not to have uh, you know, things that are just dropped there and there, but something that is scalable and, right. and predictable. Hey folks, this is Charles Maxwood and I just launched my book, The Max Coder's Guide to Finding Your Dream Developer Job. It's up on Amazon. We self-published it. I would love your support. If you want to go check it out, you can find it there. The Max Coder's Guide to Finding Your Dream Developer Job. Have a good one. Max out. Right, so React was love at first sight. So why, what, what made it love at first sight? Like what was it? You mentioned the component model. Um, well, I mean, we I, have other frameworks now that have a component model and things like that, so. Yeah, the, the first difference with React and Angular 1 that I was using was uh, everything that was related to performance because there was the virtual DOM. Uh, so only things that were changed on the, on the, on the DOM were actually updated and, um, and so that was a good, a, good, a good thing for me because I had a performance issue in my Angular application. Um, and then what I really liked was the, the component model that was, as I say, kind of new at this time. And um, more, more than that, I liked the clean API. Only a few right. stuff, no, only props, state. You, you, that's basically it. Um, it's a bit hard to go from an MVC point of view at first to this new data flow, but the clean, the clean approach is really a, a, a game changer. Um, I think that I definitely made a switch when I had some issue when I was starting my Angular application and it was rendering some stuff on screen, then something else, and I wanted to just go to the second uh, screen without going f uh, from the first one to the second one. And 
that was a, a nightmare to re-architecture. Uh, well, with React, it was a matter of passing the good props to the good components, and you're done. Right. So, so yes, yeah, so you get into React. Um, mm -hmm. Now, did you start porting your game system over to this, or? Yeah, that's well. Wh while doing this, um, I've been uh, I, I've been working in uh, in this company in Paris that where we were making uh, cross-platform mobile applications. And um, that was at this time that React Native was just open sourced by Facebook. Um, and uh, I, I knew a bit of React. We have been using it uh, for a few web applications. And, um, and uh, also uh, on a personal point of view for me on this game engine that I was, this game engine system that I was trying to port on the web. Um, so yeah, when React Native was out, I, I was like, let's, let's give it a try. And uh, having the clean approach component model of React along with native components displayed on screen sounds like the dream for making an application. Uh, that's how I, I went then into React Native. I gotcha. So is your game engine then only for React Native or does it work on the web too? No, no, no. It's, uh, the game engine is actually not based on React Native, but just on React. Uh, and the, the fun thing is that the, the, the game engine, so the games that are outputted by the, the editor, if you, if you launch the app, it's all in JavaScript. Uh, there is a bit of WebAssembly for stuff like physics, and, uh, and it's WebGL for all the rendering. But the, the editor that you're using, uh, either as a web application or as an application that you download, it's all made in React, um, but it's, uh, it's React.js. And, um, and yeah, the fun thing about it is that uh, there are still some parts of the editor, like the core classes, the classes that are describing what a game is, what an object is, uh, all, the, all the structure of a game. Uh, these classes are in C++ and they are compiled to WebAssembly. Uh, oh, so right. that means that at the end, I, I have a, a React application but that is calling into WebAssembly to maintain the, the, the state of the game and to, and to output a game as an HTML5 game. Nice. That makes sense. And I think we talked about this before when we had you on the yeah, show. Yeah, we did. Very cool. So what other things have you done with um, React, React Native, or JavaScript? Uh, well, I, I, I did a real game uh, with, uh, with, with it. Um, so it's based on JavaScript, based on my game engine too. And... Um, it's, uh, it's called uh, Lil Bub Hello Earth. Uh, I, can, I can send you the link. And uh -huh. uh, it's based on the, on the, on the real cat uh, that existed. Uh, she's called Lil Bub, and uh, we made a game with, uh, in partnership with her, her owner and, and her. And um, it's, it's a game where you control the cat going all around the world. Um, it's a, a fun platformer and, and shooter game. Um, so it's all made in JavaScript. And there, the rendering is done using another game engine. Uh, I mean, it's, it's using mine, but under the hood, it's calling into um, a game engine, which is also really interesting, which is called uh, Coco Studio JS. Mm -hmm. um, and this game engine is kind of reminding me uh, of React Native or the other way around. Um, it's, it's, um, it's embedding a JavaScript uh, engine so that your whole game can be written in JavaScript, but all the rendering on screen is done using uh, native calls to OpenJL. Right. Uh, 
so you have a kind of native powered by JavaScript game. Yeah, I've, uh, I haven't done a lot with it, but I have fiddled around a little bit with Coco's 2D. Um, my experience was with, with the Ruby bindings for it, but yeah, it's, it's a cool library and it does a lot of, of heavy lifting for you that you don't have to think about. Yeah. Want to be the expert. Exactly. That's really cool. So did you write those bindings or were they already out there? They were already there. Um, and uh, I've seen that they have been rewriting them now when I started to use it. Uh, and the game that is on, uh, on the stores, so on iOS and Android, um, they are using the, the original bindings that were uh -huh. embedding uh, SpiderMonkey, the Firefox JavaScript engine, uh -huh. uh, into the game. And so uh, you, weren't, you were not getting the full performance of a JavaScript engine because no just-in-time compilation on Android. Right. Uh, now they have been updating the bindings to use V8 on, on right. Android and uh, G JavaScript core on, the, on iOS. So it's, I guess, much better, but I've not tried. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, they do optimize, um, they being Apple and Google, they optimize those engines to run on their platforms. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, to, yeah, to yeah. Use those. And you, yeah, exactly. And you have things like a just-in-time compilation that can really change the deal when it... Uh, comes to like, you know, handling tons of collisions between objects or some uh, performance sensitive part. Uh, even if the, the engines are trying to, uh, to get you to do that in C++, uh, if you want to stay in JavaScript, that's a, that's a huge deal. Yep, very cool. So what are you working on now? Um, what, what projects do you have maybe at Google? And then what are you working on adding to your game engine here? Uh, yeah, so basically for what I'm doing at Forty, it will be very simple because I'm not doing any JavaScript, uh, more focusing on Android stuff and how to okay. improve uh, performance of games on Android. Um, but so I is still that hope Kotlin or Java? A bit of everything. Uh, we're doing a bit of C Sharp with Unity, uh, Java, oh, cool. C++, dep depends on the project. Uh, we have an app in Kotlin. Nice. Have you thought about learning to do native iOS development? Are you using Swift at work? Or maybe you've considered writing applications for macOS. We have a podcast that covers all of that called iFreaks. We have a new panel and a lot of exciting things to talk about. So come check us out at iFreaksShow.com. So yeah, that's, uh, I, my, I mean, uh, I'm really glad to be able to, to be part of the, of the gaming industry and, uh, and to push games forward on Android. And uh, on my personal time, I'm still working yeah, on my game engine, trying to same push things, uh, push games uh, beyond what they can do and also to uh, help people to create games because that's the whole point of the game engine. It's a game engine that is targeted at people that are not uh, into programming or people mm -hmm. that want to go faster than recreating a game from scratch. Uh, so it's based on, you know, an editor, uh, a 2D level editor, uh, but also on some kind of visual programming where you can create the rules of the game using, uh, using uh, events. So events are condition and actions and you can, uh, you can browse the condition and browse the actions uh, in using the interface. Um, so I'm still heavily working on this and uh, getting more and more uh, adoption from people that either are just trying it to see how, what it is to create a game or people creating real indie or commercial games with it. So it's um, interesting stuff. So if somebody wanted to get started building a game, um, what's the process on that? Uh, well, if you, if, you, if you are to try and to use GDevelop, uh, which is my game mm -hmm. engine, 
uh, I try to make the, the, the entry barrier as low as possible, meaning that you're getting the web app or downloading sorry, the, the desktop application, uh, but the whole thing is running in your browser if you want to. And, right. um, and basically, you have a few starters that you can try or get, create a game from scratch. And I want to make games as, to create as easy as, as possible and a bit like creating slides. When you're creating slides, you're not coding, you're putting things on screen. That's right. the same thing in a game engine. You're putting your objects, your images on screen, creating your, your characters, uh, the background, and so on. And then there, there is the part where you're creating the rules of the game, which is, in fact, programming, but much more easier to get started because there is no syntax to learn. Uh, there is no idioms to, to learn. You can start with very simple rules and then progressively make things uh, more and more complex because at the end, uh, these visual events I'm speaking about, they are translated to JavaScript and you can reproduce almost anything that you could do in a, in a programming language using these events. Um, so gotcha. yeah, that's how you will do. Is it simple enough to where I could get my kids to do it? I think that they are pretty, pretty much in the target for sure. Uh, I have a lot, lot of interest from kids that want to get started uh, in programming. And um, if at some point you want to uh, either try the real programming, but, uh, but still want uh, to be in the game engine, you can actually use JavaScript directly inside, uh, directly inside the, the engine. Oh, nice. Awesome. Cool. Well, where do people go find that? And where do they find you online if they want to reach out and ask questions? Um, yeah, well, um, people can find me on Twitter uh, when I'm, I'm mostly browsing to see what's new in the tech world. Uh, I'm continuing to follow all the, the interesting stuff in the front-end framework development and, uh, and in the JavaScript world in general. Uh, so yeah, on Twitter or on GitHub, uh, you can search for for GDevelop and find a profile pretty easily. Um, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm spending quite a lot of time on it. Uh, there is also a forum, a community forum, uh, and a Discord. But uh, yeah, find me on Twitter. That's the easiest way to get in contact, uh, get in touch with me. All right, sounds good. Um, well, let's go ahead and do some picks, unless there are other things that uh, you feel like you want to talk about that were part of your journey that we didn't cover. Um, no, I, I think I'm fine. Can go for the picks. All right. Sounds good. Um, yeah, let's, let's, uh, jump in and do some picks then. Um, I'm going to go ahead and throw out some picks and then I'll, I'll let you go. Um, sure. Sure. Now this is my third, my JavaScript story this weekend. So this is the show that throws off my picks, right? Cause any other shows I do during the week, I'm, I'm on that show once right that week and so i can mm -hmm. do the same picks across all the shows and then i have to get creative here so i'm gonna go ahead and uh i'm gonna throw out some of the stuff that i'm using for marketing just to give people an idea of what's out there and, and what they can uh, use um, i know this isn't exactly 100 percent applicable to what we're talking about here but it's kind of the space i've been living in lately so um i've been reaching out to uh hundreds of uh marketing folks uh, trying to find more sponsors for the podcast and it's working. It's working slowly, but it's working. Um, and some of the tools that I'm using, one is called Gmelius. Uh, that's G M E L I U S. Um, and basically it's an automation. So, you know, I can set up a, 
sequence of emails that I sent out and uh, it'll send emails out to those folks. And then if, if they reply, then, you know, it also connects up to a, a Kanban style board and it'll move them into the board and it'll uh, set up reminders for me to go and reply to them and things like that. Um, and I'm, I'm really, really digging it. So um, Gmailius is, is awesome. It also has one of the features that I have been paying for out of Boomerang, uh, which is another Gmail plugin. And what Boomerang does is you can essentially snooze an email and have it come back into your inbox at a particular day and time. Um, Gmailius does that too. And so I'm probably going to wind up canceling my subscription to Boomerang just because I get all of the tools that I need. Um, the other thing that is, is that I've been looking at it as a replacement for HubSpot, which is what I've been using for the last year or so to prospect for um, sponsorship leads. And um, yeah, the, the main thing that I ran into with HubSpot, there were a couple of things. Um, one was that uh, the, the sharing between options on sales was not great. Um, and Gmailius just does it all through Google, uh, through your Google apps or Google or Gmail. Um, the other, um, thing that I like about it that I was putting together. So I have a sequence of emails that I send out to marketing people and just kind of walk them through the process of, um, getting traffic through podcasts and HubSpot has a five email limit on your sequences. And Gmailius will let you do as many as you want. Um, you know, so, you know, if I want to space them out a month or two months or three months or whatever, I can do that and I can send as many as I want. So that, what, that was the other reason why I'm looking at it. And it's considerably cheaper than HubSpot. So all those things are kind of working together to make me really like Gmailius. So I'm going to pick it. That was kind of long-winded. Um, but yeah, the other thing is, is I, I think I mentioned this on the last podcast episode or two. But uh, go check out devchat.tv slash workshops. And uh, yeah, go, go see what we're offering there as far as staying current, finding a job, doing podcasts. Um, Florian, what are your picks? Um, well, I will start with a, a bit of shameless uh, self-advertisement. Do it. Uh, just check, check, check out uh, GDevelop if you're interested in game development, uh, either if you're experienced or not. Uh, and uh, it's on GitHub. It's open source. Um, and um, there, are, there are two libraries that I highly recommend. It's uh, pixie.js if you want to, to create games in JavaScript. And um, Material UI if you want to create uh, interfaces and, um, and uh, or searching for a component library in React. It's, it's very nice. And um, I have two other picks. Um, I've seen that React Native Windows is getting like used by Microsoft for for their their applications like in Windows. Uh, I mean, new application built from scratch on React Native Windows. So I think that if you're into Windows development, it's uh, definitely worth uh, a look. Um, and uh, the final pick is something that is uh, not a product, really. It's um, it's Markdown. Uh, I love Markdown, but especially for my notes. And this time I'm telling to everyone that I think that having your notes, uh, not in, a, in a, an application like Evernote or, or whatever that may not exist in, in a few years from now, but having your notes as Markdown files is really convenient. Uh, that's what I've been doing for years now, keeping all my notes as uh, 
flat files in a, in a folder, in a Dropbox folder or, or a shared folder. You can access them from everywhere. You can search them in your ID. Uh, you can use all the tool from your ID to, to get them. It's very convenient. You have a bit of formatting and um, you're pretty sure that in 10 years from now, you can just open again the folder and, uh, and they, are, they are all there. So yeah, uh, give, it a, give it a try. Awesome. All right. Well, um, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. Thanks for coming and talking to me again, Florian. Well, uh, my pleasure. My pleasure. It was uh, really interesting. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and wrap up. Uh, we'll have another story for you next week. And in the meantime, folks, max out. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.